Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul declared, quote, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Jesus Christ today, you absolutely will not be condemned for your sin. Jesus was judged in your place, punished in your place, and indeed condemned in your place. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 8 and look at this unspeakable and eternal blessing of having no condemnation in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Wednesday morning here in Texas, and hopefully y'all are loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, growing to love him, growing to obey him, growing to spend time studying the word of God, studying your Bible, right? Growing to, to really spend time in praise and worship and thanksgiving, um, you know, throughout your day. Right. Just spending time thanking and praising your heavenly father, worshiping him, worshiping Jesus, praising, thanking, worshiping the Holy Spirit. Right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Well, today we're going to begin Romans chapter eight. Wow, man, this is uh, this is undoubtedly, you know, um, one of the most profound chapters in all of the Bible, every chapter of the Bible is the word of God, right? Um, the 1100 plus chapters. Um, but I mean, Romans 8, man, it, 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 it's the, the profundity of it, the, the immensity of it really cannot be overstated. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, the whole book, as we've said over and over and over and over, but Lord willing, we'll do verses one through eight today. Um, and again, it's it is it it is truly profound, um, and I mean it's it's the depth of it is never ending. the 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 reasoning of it, the just the 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 magnificence of it, the the fullness of it, um, the power that lies in just truly understanding these verses cannot be overstated. So Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you for this book of Romans. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our Bible. Father, above all, as always, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we worship you we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf that we should have died. And we thank you that you're alive and risen this day. And we worship you today, our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask that you give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. And Father, I do pray a special blessing over my wife, Lord, um, just visiting her, her family, her friends, and the, just the ministry she's doing in Singapore. Father, I ask you to, to be with her. Uh, Father, just I thank you for my wife, May. I thank you for the, the tremendous gift she is in my life, Father, and uh, 
I just ask you to use her, Father, and bless her, Lord. I just, I just pray for a time of just, uh, of just, of just, of just fruitful, effective ministry, Lord, while she's in Singapore, Father. Again, I just ask you to use her to, just to, to magnify your name, Jesus. I bless you, May. I thank the Lord for you, Father. I commit us all into your hands now. I commit my wife into your hands. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. All right, here we go. Y'all ready for this? All right, Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Verse five, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Um, uh, this chapter eight, it, uh, I'm thinking four teachings. It could be five teachings. Um, but when Paul says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right. Obviously, when you see the word therefore, you ought to think, what is it therefore? Um, and, you know, it's it's coming off what he just finished in uh, in Romans seven. Um, you know, the last verse of Romans seven says, so then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. But not only is it coming off, it's really coming off the first seven chapters of Romans, which have really been, been overwhelming in, in, in the revelation, in the insights that, that have come out of them. And so now Paul begins chapter eight. Um, again, one of the more famous verses in the Bible, one of the more well-known verses. And again, every verse in scripture is equally the word of God. The ramifications of this verse are overwhelming, all right? Verse 1, therefore, in light of all that I've just said, Paul said, in light of all the insight that he's given us into what Jesus has done in our place and on our behalf, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Jesus today, you will not be condemned to an eternity in hell. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
If you're not in Christ Jesus today, then you stand already condemned. And if you leave this life in that place, it will result in a condemnation and eternity in hell, separated from God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. The reason there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus is because Jesus has taken our condemnation. He was judged in our place. The judgment that we should have been judged for our sin was put on Jesus. Jesus was punished in our place at the cross. We deserved to die and be crucified. He did not. But our punishment for our sin was put on Jesus. And our condemnation, the condemnation we deserved, Jesus took that when he opened his arms and spread his arms out and took the nails in his hands and in his feet. He took our condemnation as well. When you put your full confidence, your full faith, your full trust in Jesus Christ alone, all of your sin is paid for, past, present, and any future sin, by what Jesus did on your behalf and in your place on the cross. All right? All of your sin is credited to Jesus when you receive him as your Savior and the perfect righteous life that he lived when he walked the earth is credited to you as if you lived it. Now, just, just let that sink in. That incredible exchange, the perfect righteous life of Jesus, Nathan, for my evil and sinful life, that exchange is the heart of the Christian gospel. It's incredible. There's no words for it. C.S. Lewis said it's, it's never something that would have been conceived in the mind of man, all right? Uh, C.S. Lewis, you know, one of my favorite authors, perhaps is my favorite author. Um, just the, the, you know, again, the, the, the profound nature and insights of his writing have just been, have been a massive impact on my wife and I, on our ministry, on everything. Um, but after reading thousands and thousands and thousands of books, and, and just a, a genius in his own right. Um, C.S. Lewis understood literature, writing, and language. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's an overstatement to say, as well as anyone in history, let that sink in. His understanding of language, right? Um, his understanding of writing, um, how it works, um, again, was 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 as good perhaps of anyone that has ever lived. Um, I realize that's an immense compliment, but just just to again, I would encourage you that if you have not read Lewis, um, that that again, he he is a gift to the church. Um, that 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 is just uh, you know it, it, it's remarkable, um, but. Having been gifted by Jesus with this tremendous understanding into language, having read thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of books, Lewis, uh, you know, came to a place where he could he could really sense when he was reading what what was really made up. He could he could sense 
when he was reading something, what came out of the mind of man. And in every other religion beside biblical Christianity, he could very clearly sense that that this religion, this way of thinking, this writing had been conceived in the mind of, of humanity, in the mind of men or women, right? But in, in genuine biblical Christianity, he could see not an inkling of that. He could not see that, that, that biblical Christianity could in any way have come or been invented in the mind of man. Wow. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for, her, for those who are in Christ Jesus. We will not be condemned. We're not condemned now. Uh, I've said this before. When we sin as Christians, we are convicted, right? We ought to be convicted. The Holy Spirit convicts, of, convicts us of our sin, but there is no shame. There is no guilt. There is no condemnation if we're in Jesus Christ, but there certainly ought to be conviction of your sin if you're in Jesus Christ today. Wow. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, again, it's only in Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, when he's talking about the law here, he's talking about a principle, right? A governing principle, not the law of Moses, because the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. The reason we are not condemned, okay, um, is, is the Holy Spirit, right, has given me life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have become a, a new creation. Our old spiritual self was crucified with Jesus, all right, and we've come into new spiritual life. We went from spiritual death to spiritual life. We received eternal life. When you receive Jesus Christ, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, became one with your spirit and gave you new life in Jesus Christ. There was an explosion of life. When you became one with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, when he joined himself with your spirit, boom, gave you new life in Jesus Christ. You became a new spiritually alive being, and you're now one with Jesus. It's incredible, right? You have eternal life. You have spiritual life. Life has come. The lights have been turned on, and you're a child. God the Father is your heavenly Father. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and Master and King. God the Holy Spirit is your guide, your counselor, your comforter. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I Before we came into Jesus, before you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were, you were spiritually dead. Um, because of your sin, you were in spiritual death um, and you were hopeless, helpless, desperate. There was no relationship with God in any capacity, no way to understand anything regarding God. But in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law 
of sin and death. We were enslaved to sin. Sin was our master, as Paul articulated throughout chapter 6, right? Verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in sinful man, okay? So now, Paul is speaking here about about actually the law of Moses, right? For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature. The law told us what was right. The law is holy, Paul says, righteous and good, right? Um, the law is perfect, okay? But, but the law could not bring us life. We could not be made right with God by following the law. We cannot be made right with God by doing good works. We cannot be made right. We cannot come into relationship with our heavenly father, with Jesus Christ, our Lord, or the Holy Spirit in our own strength, by our own merit, or by our own efforts. Okay. We cannot. For what the law was powerless to do. Okay. The law was powerless to give us spiritual life. Only the Holy Spirit could give us spiritual life. For what the law was powerless to do, no power to save us, Pop, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, okay? So our sinful nature, okay, when the law was shown us, when the rules were shown to us, when we understood and when we do understand what God's requirements are, our sinful nature springs to actually want to disobey these things, okay? And so... The law was weakened by the sinful nature. Jesus is not. The Holy Spirit is not. Okay? For what what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man. He is not sinful man. Jesus is God. He's fully God and fully man. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man. Verse four, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Wow. There's just, I mean, there is just literally so much here. Okay. For what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son. So again, the law had no power to save us. So our heavenly father, God the father, sends God the son, Jesus, in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. Every human being ever born from the time Adam and Eve sinned have been born with a sinful nature, and because of that sinful nature, we are born spiritually dead. We are conceived with a sinful nature, and so we are naturally alive at conception. We're naturally alive when we come out of our mother's womb, physically alive, but our spirit is dead to God. Every human being is past that sinful nature by their father. When Adam sinned, he, he took on a sinful nature 
And then he passed that sinful nature and every single person ever born received that sinful nature at conception, save one. Jesus did not receive the sinful nature because Mary was not made pregnant by Joseph, right? God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who made Mary pregnant, as you recall, right? The Holy Spirit came on Mary and, and she was pregnant, okay? Obviously, there's nothing sexual in that. He simply willed it and she was pregnant. So Jesus did not have an earthly father. He had an earthly stepfather in Joseph, but God was his father. Now, since the Holy Spirit, since God, the Holy Spirit was the one that made Mary pregnant, Jesus does not receive that sinful nature. Okay. And so now Jesus actually comes into the world, not only naturally alive, but also spiritually alive. Okay. So when you follow the verse for what the law was powerless to do and that was weakened and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so we condemn sin and sinful man. Sin comes into the world through one man in Adam. Okay. The entire human race was polluted with sin. When Adam sinned, he died spiritually, and then he passed that sinful nature and spiritual death into his children. And every child ever born from Adam till now is born naturally alive, but born with a, a sinful nature and therefore born spiritually dead. Jesus, because he does not have the sinful nature, because Mary was not made pregnant by Joseph, but by God, the Holy Spirit, he actually comes into the world when he's born not only naturally alive or physically alive, but spiritually alive, okay? And because now he is sinless, okay, he can now be an offering for sin. Sin comes into the world through this one man in Adam. Through the first man, Adam, through his sin, sin enters the world and pollutes the whole world. Therefore, the one perfect man in Jesus Christ can be an offering for sin, and can condemn sin and sinful man. Do you see that, Linz? I mean, it is utterly profound when you think about it. For what the law was powerless to do, the law couldn't do any of this, okay? All the law could do was show us our sin and show us our desperate need of a savior because our sinful nature exacerbated our desires to do what was wrong and break the law, right? For what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son, Jesus, in the likeness of sinful man, okay? He wasn't sinful man, but he was in the likeness, right? Jesus is fully God and fully man, but without a sinful nature, to be a sin offering, as we just discussed. And so he condemned sin in sinful man. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Jesus condemned sin in sinful man by being a sin offering. Now, Scott, I mean, I know that's deep. I know that's heavy, but it's, this is what Paul is saying here, right, y'all? Wow. And so he condemned sin in sinful man, verse four, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. So what does that mean? So although that the law, right, 
was powerless to make us right with God, we need to have fully obeyed that law. But we can't do it. We cannot, in our own effort, in our own strength, by any means even begin to obey the law, yet fully obey the law. What does it mean? To fully obey every command the Bible has given us, not only the Ten Commandments, to fully do everything that the Bible tells us to do perfectly. That's what Jesus did. When Jesus lived on earth for 33 and a half years, he perfectly obeyed every aspect of the word of God in thought, word, and deed. It's incomprehensible, right? Now, again, he did not have a sinful nature. So he had no nature to sin. He's born without a sinful nature, right? He's born spiritually alive. He does not need spiritual life. He enters the world spiritually alive, right? Again, remember, he is fully God and fully man. And so he perfectly obeys the law of God. He perfectly obeys all the commands of Scripture. He not only doesn't do anything wrong in thought, word, and deed, he actually does everything right. He's not only completely blameless of wrong, he's actually completely righteous in doing everything right. So when you look into verse four here, and so he condemns sin and sinful man, verse four, in order that the righteous require, in order that the righteous requirements, righteous requirements, righteous requirements, righteous requirements, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. <clears throat> this is, again, just to think of this and how profound this is. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the perfect, righteous life, the complete obedience to the law in thought, word, and deed are fully credited to you and fully credited to me. And the Lord sees us. We, we did not do this but he credits it to us as if we did do it and sees us as if we did fully obey the righteous requirements of the law perfectly just as Jesus did. That's what we need to go to heaven. We really have almost no understanding. We have so little understanding of what it means to have sinned. We don't understand how evil sin really is. And I confess, Father, I ask you to forgive me. I often live my life, you know, whether the, the little sins, right? The sins of that we consider are little. There are no little sins. You know, just the different selfishness in my heart, my impatience, um, you, you know, whatever it is, right? Just the self-serving aspects of my life that are still there. Um, you know, I just live, right, consistently rap without understanding how, how sinful and evil sin really is. But it's so bad that, that, that our father cannot be in the presence of sin, that the only way for any human being to be 
in the realm of heaven, Corinne, right? The only way for any human being to be in any way in the presence of the triune God is to have a perfect, flawless, obedient life to every aspect of the word of God, to every single thing it says in this Bible, in thought, word, and deed. Obviously, every rational human being, right, David, when they hear that, knows that it's not possible, right? May, when you hear that the only way you can be in heaven with your heavenly Father, with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit, is if you're absolutely perfect and holy, that, that you fully obeyed every aspect of the Word of God, literally everything the Word of God says not to do, you didn't do, and every single thing it says to do in your thoughts, your speaking, and your words, and in all your actions, you did do. Those are the only people who are in heaven. Obviously, it's absurd at a level that there are not words to think that I could accomplish that, that anyone could accomplish that in any manner or in any way. That's why we needed the God-man. That's why we needed our God, Kristen, to become a human man, right? And to live this perfect, righteous life in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, fully met. We are actually made right with God by what Christ has done. And when we receive him, we are credited with that perfect, righteous life that Jesus lived. And now we are seen by our heavenly father, by Jesus Christ, our Lord, and by the Holy Spirit, that we ourselves have fully met the full requirements of the law. Wow. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, Verse four, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. As Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our life is not characterized anymore by living according to the sinful nature, but we live according to the Holy Spirit is one with our spirit. We have new life in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the spirit of God is the one directing the course of our lives now, not our sinful nature anymore. Before we came to Christ, those who are not in Christ are completely dominated by their sinful nature. They're enslaved to sin. Now, we're not perfect. Our sinful nature has not been eradicated. The power has been taken from us. The power is now in the spirit of God that's one with our spirit, that's driving our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions to live in obedience to the word of God. We don't do it perfectly, but the, the pattern of our lives now is that we don't live anymore according to the sinful nature, but we do live and have a lifestyle according to the, to the, to the Holy Spirit leading us. It's just profound. Father, wow. We just thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord Jesus, we thank you that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you were condemned in our place, that you were judged in our place, Lord, that you were punished in our place, Lord. We thank you that the righteous requirements of the law, it's incomprehensible, Lord, that that, you, that I am viewed, that we are viewed in Jesus, that we fully obeyed 
every aspect of the word of God. We, we did nothing wrong. We did everything right in Jesus Christ, our Lord. How true it is, Father, that this never, ever would have been conceived in the mind of human beings. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We honor you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake, amen and amen.